one, year number four. It's a Yank on the Footy with Craig Wessels. Let's all sit back and enjoy a chat about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special episode of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio. I am thrilled that you are listening. This is a re-release episode of episode 24, and in just a few moments, I will be joined by my guest, the legendary Ricky Nixon. And this has been a very hectic time for me in my professional life, in my job uh, as a school teacher with my classes that I'm teaching, along with all of the extracurricular activities that I am responsible for, which uh, I think I have more of those on my plate than I would like, quite frankly, and would love to downsize that a little bit, and hopefully we'll do that sometime in the uh, in the next year or so. I have about four years before I retire, but uh, I've got a lot of things going on, um, and I wanted to, to bring this episode to you. Uh, as I said, I've been so busy that I've not been able to conduct the interviews that I would like to be conducting during the uh, off-season. Uh, I applaud um, my mate uh, Donnie Hess from Donnie's Disposal for continuing to put out some great programs. Uh, if you haven't checked out his show, I do strongly encourage you to check it out. Um, so rather than just going stagnant, and uh, and you know, which I've done for the last couple of weeks, and I've I'm I'm going to get into why that's been going on here uh, before I, I jump into this uh, re-release of this episode. Um, this weekend, I'll be making my third trip to the state of North Carolina in the last uh, about eight weeks. So about every other week, I've been going to North Carolina for the last couple of months for a couple of different reasons. Uh uh, one was the Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, another was a little health issue that I had to deal with. Uh, and then this weekend uh, is one I'm extraordinarily thrilled about. Uh, my daughter is gradu- graduating from college uh, this weekend. So my wife and my mother and I are driving to um, her campus. And uh I have other news that is great news about her graduation and her profession that I can't quite share yet. Tomorrow I could probably share it, but today it's still uh, something I can't share. She has to make that public herself, but uh, to say that I am over the moon and beyond excited about it would be an understatement, so hopefully that gives you a bit of an indication of what the good news happens to be. But with that having been the case and with everything else that I've had going on with being the National Honor Society advisor and the Model United Nations advisor where I just had uh, 26 of my students uh, at our state capitol for three days last weekend. Uh, so I, I'm i gone again this upcoming weekend. So it's just it's been hectic for me and I've not been able to get the continuity in terms of uh, the podcast that I would like to have. So... I apologize to those of you who enjoy the podcast. I, I do apologize for not having uh, the off-season that I had hoped to have because it's time to start gearing up for the 2024 fixture. So I'm going to be starting to do preview episodes for the 2024 season here very soon. I have to line those up. I have one huge interview that I'm still waiting to do. Um Barry Cheatley was kind enough to set this one up for me. I just have not had not had a confirmation on the time with this gentleman. And I've mentioned it to a couple of people uh, in Messenger and that type of thing. But I don't want to jinx it. But this, for me, this would be a huge opportunity uh, as far as an interview would go. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to doing it. I just hope that uh, I, I hear back from this person soon. Uh, an absolute legend of the game. Um, and I have that for this re-released episode as well. And this is episode 24 of my podcast. This is going back to 2020, in May of 2020. And uh, I, I reached out to Ricky Nixon 
uh, a couple weeks prior to this interview. And you're, you're, you're going to quickly understand just how nervous I am uh, because I was still trying to master the whole idea of, of editing episodes and such. So when I introduced him, uh, I had an absolute brain fade and introduced him with the wrong name. Uh, which I'm glad he just didn't hang up the phone and just say, okay, this guy's a chump. I'm not going to talk to him. I do appreciate uh, the fact that he stuck with me. And the comments that Mr. Nixon had for me after our discussion were ones that that I'm going to cherish forever. Because I I honestly think, and I'm going to be re-releasing several of my uh, interviews or previous episodes um, in the coming weeks, as I'm trying to um, keep the podcast somewhat fresh, even though I've not been able to sit down and do any uh, new interviews at this point in time. But uh, this discussion that I had with him, and again, I, I was the most nervous with this one that I've been with any interview that I have done. But the kind words that he shared afterwards uh, gave me this idea that I thought that maybe I had arrived, that maybe I had a little spot, a little niche, if you will, in the footy podcast universe. And it's still, it's a small niche. Um, and, I, and I truly enjoy, and I have linked in my show notes for this episode, uh, links to uh, his show, The Chicken Coop. Uh, he's doing uh, in-season weekly episodes uh, a lot of fun, great insight, uh, you know, insight that, that it, I'm, I'm extraordinarily envious of. But uh, I just, I really enjoyed this discussion with him. And uh, I'm, 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 I'm eternally grateful to him for being so generous with his time. Because again, I, I, I was an absolute unknown at that time when it came to the, the 40 podcast community. I, it, this was episode 24. You know, this is technically, uh, this one that's being released right here is technically my 350th episode. Uh, but he was, like I said, he was gracious and, and it, was, it was an absolute joy to talk to him. And I've traded messages with him quite a bit. Um, over the years as well on social media and he's he's been he's been very gracious and kind to me as well and and if you did not read my blog post that I wrote back in April of this year about the works that he and Dane Swan were doing to help out local footy clubs I'm linking to that in the show notes as well that's also over on my website yankonthefooty.com I do encourage you to take a read uh, of that as well because they just did some phenomenal work this year uh, with um, local footy clubs all over Australia to help them uh, stabilize a little bit financially. Now, remember you can find everything at my website, yankonthefooty.com. If you want to get in touch with me, you can do that on all of my socials. Uh, They're linked on my website, uh, Yank on the Footy Podcast over on Facebook, at yank underscore on on Twitter, uh, Yank on the Footy on Instagram, uh, Craig Wessels on LinkedIn if you want to find me there as well. Um, if you want to help out the podcast and now is a great time for that, because as many of you know, uh, unless something bizarre happens in the, uh, coming months, this is the year that I am going to be making my trek to Australia. I've been talking about it for several years now. My daughter is finished up with college. Uh, she's about to be employed. I can't get into any specifics on that yet, but it, it is what she calls her dream job. Uh, not bad. You're 23 years old and you can get your dream job. That's pretty damn depressive right there. But I'm looking at the window of coming to Australia between rounds 18 and 21. Now, probably not for all four rounds, but probably three of those four. So like 18, 19, 20, or 19, 20, and 21, depending upon uh, the cost of flights and that type of thing. So this is where I need your help. Okay, Um, I need advice on what I should see while I'm there. I have a great little guidebook that's sitting on my desk right next to me here that I've been going through and bookmarking things that I want to visit. Uh, It's a DK eyewitness book, and it's just very detailed in terms of things to go uh, see 
in Australia. Now, one place that I that I am absolutely going to visit, and again, I don't know if they offer tours, but I'm going to go in there anyway, is I'm going to the Vegemite factory. Okay? I am going to go visit the Vegemite factory in Melbourne. I want to see how it's made because I absolutely love this stuff. Um, I'm on jar, I think, number 24, 25 right now since uh, 2021. So the last two years I've gone through basically about a dozen jars a year. Uh, I still have three jars in reserve up on the shelf behind me here. Um, so I would love to get your advice. I want to visit local footy clubs as well um, throughout. Yeah, I, I'm probably going to be spending the bulk of my time in Victoria, but depending upon what weeks I'm there, I'm, I'm looking at either making a trek from the Melbourne Geelong area from Victoria over to Adelaide for a game at the Adelaide Oval. Um, that would be, uh, the, uh, weekend would be at the, uh, let me pull it up here. That would be the weekend of the 26th of July through the 28th of July. And Hawthorne is playing the Crows at the Adelaide Oval that weekend. Um, probably not going to be making the trek over to Optus this trip. I would love to get there. It's an absolutely gorgeous stadium. Um, but I'm also considering making the trip, instead of going to Adelaide, possibly taking the ferry across um, to Tasmania and going to see the Cats playing North Melbourne at Blundstone. So there are a couple of options that week. That's during round 20, okay? Um, you know, so if I come round 18, again, I'm hoping to see the Cats play a couple of times. Round 18, the Cats are playing Collingwood at the MCG. Also in, Mel in Melbourne that weekend, uh, Melbourne's playing Essendon at the MCG. Richmond and GWS are playing. And the Bulldogs and Carlton are playing at Marvel. And then in round 19, again, these, are, these dates have not been confirmed yet. So this makes it even more difficult for me to plan my trip because I don't know specific days in which the teams are going to be playing. Uh, in round 19, um, Carlton and North are playing at Marvel. Essendon and Adelaide are playing at Marvel. The Cats are playing the Bulldogs at GMBHA Stadium. I do want to get to that one. Uh, that, one's a, that one's very much a likelihood, uh, regardless of which group of weeks that I come. Uh, Hawthorne and Collingwood are playing at the MCG. That would be an awesome matchup. And then St. Kilda hosting the West Coast Eagles also at Marvel. So Marvel has three games going on that weekend, the MCG won. And then in round 20... Uh, Carlton hosting Port Adelaide at Marvel, Collingwood and Richmond at the MCG. That would be huge. Um, again, this is the one where Adelaide would be hosting Hawthorne at the Adelaide Oval. So if I decided to go west, I would go catch that one there. Uh, or if I decided to go south, North Melbourne hosting the Cats at Blundstone. It would be great to visit Tasmania. Uh, Melbourne and GWS at the MCG. Sydney and the Bulldogs at the SCG. Excuse me, at the, that and the SCG. I won't be going to that one. Uh, and then St. Kilda and Essendon at Marvel. And then round 21, probably the last week that I would likely have the opportunity to be there. Although 22, I guess, could be a possibility, but I think the Cats are away that weekend. But round 21, again, this is 2 August through 4 August. You've got Collywood and Carlton at the MCG, Essendon and Fremantle at the MCG, the Cats hosting the Crows down in Geelong, and then three games at Marvel, North and Richmond, St. Kilda and Brisbane, and the Bulldogs in Melbourne at Marvel. And then uh, the Cats are at Optus that last week, that round 22. They're out playing uh, Fremantle. So, again, I would not get out to see that one. But Carlton Hawthorne at the MCG, SNN and Gold Coast at Marvel. More on that game in a moment. Uh, Melbourne and Port at the MCG, and then Richmond and St. Kilda at Marvel. Um that would be the absolute last weekend that I could possibly be there. Probably too late for me because I have announcing jobs uh, as the public address announcer at my school starting just a few days after that. So I would probably need to be back before those uh, games were being played. I'd probably need to be back uh, for my start of my next school year uh, along with the, uh, the announcing gigs there. So this is where you come in, okay? I... Um, you know, I've, I've, 
I, I want to see games at GmbHA. I want to get to the MCG. I want to get to Marvel. And I know people say, well, Marvel is just kind of this bland, concrete facility with a lid on it and such. Sure, but I do want to get there. Okay, I, I want to say that I've been able to go there. I want to find out, and again, for those of you who listen to the podcast, uh, been listening for a long time, I've enjoyed kind of sledging on, uh, on the Richmond supporters about having to make that long trip from Punt Road all the way over to Marvel Stadium. And uh, I just want to see how far it is. Maybe I could actually get out and take a walk and walk that. Take some side streets to get there, time myself, just see how long it takes. I think it would kind of be fun to do so I could put my money where my mouth is. But again, this is where I, uh, I, I want to, to get your assistance here. Okay, uh, Many of you over the years have said, hey, if you're ever coming to Australia, would love to take you to a game. You know, you need a place to, you know, to lay your head at night. And again, this is, I'm not, I'm not begging that at all. That's not my intent here at all. But many people have said that over the years. And I may very well be willing to take up offers on that. And several people have actually said that to me in recent year, in recent weeks, since I have mentioned that I'm going to be coming. And a couple people have been extraordinarily gracious about that. And once I nail down the days in which I'm going to, uh, to be in Australia, I would definitely like to try to work something out with those people uh for a visit uh, I, i'm you know these are people that I, I i consider friends that i speak to online with great frequency and i and i that's one of the things that i'm, I'm most excited about yeah i want to i want to come see footy okay i want to see footy i want to look the other direction when i cross the street okay um there have been so many of you who have been just so gracious and so kind to me, and and it's been humbling, and I and I I want to meet up with as many of you as I possibly can. I want to shake your hand, okay? I want to have that photograph of you and I that I can plaster all over the walls in my little recording room here, okay? You know, I've got I've got it covered with cats memorabilia and that type of thing, but I would love to hang photos of these people who I have, you know, come to know very well from a distance over the last many years. Okay, I, I would love to do that. That's one of the reasons why I'm kind of leaning towards making the trek to to Adelaide. One, I would love to see the scenery driving along the southern coast. I'm not a wine drinker, but I know that's wine country. And I just think that would be awesome to do that. Uh, but, you know, we shall see what happens. But, you know, the, the thing that has been most concerning, and again, I, I, I put aside you know, a, a decent chunk of money. I've got my flight paid for. I've got, you know, I've got um, resources set aside for doing some sightseeing and, and um spending a little bit of quality time at the uh, the cat store down in Geelong. Um, but I don't know what else that I want to come see, you know. Uh, and, and I know it sounds like I'm being, you know, snarky, and, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful by saying I want to go to the Vegemite factory. I generally love the stuff, and I would like to see how they make it. I mean, I, I visited, I visited uh, facilities that manufacture that produce scotch in Edinburgh. I've been to, you know, having one whole side of my family who are alcoholics. Um, I went to more than, more than my share of brewery tours around the country as a kid. Whenever there was a brewery tour, we went to it because they quite often would offer up uh, free beer for people. And well, somebody that was on our trip really enjoyed the free beer. Um, wasn't me. I was a kid then. But, you know, I, I'm i going to be working again for another month or six weeks before I come back over to set aside a little bit more money. You know, I'm, you know, if you want to, you know, help out the podcast, of course, there's that, you know, that uh, buy me a coffee page that's there. Um, if you want to buy any uh, podcast merch, there's my Redbubble store page as well. I am going to be sitting down with... Um, someone here very soon to design some like 2024 world tour merch if you will uh for the podcast uh I, and that's likely going to be my mate was a king who 
uh, hosts the Eagle Nation podcast out in uh, WA. Uh, he's actually done the uh, blue logo that's on my website and uh, on the podcast. He did that for me about a year and a half ago. And he said he'd be more than happy to, to help out with some, uh, some updates. So I'm probably going to take him up on that. Um, but, you know, there have been con- some concerns. You know, my wife was just, she was not really thrilled about the whole idea of me going by myself. And I addressed this in an episode uh, of the podcast last year. Um, she said, well, so- what if something happens to you? Well, first of all, she was concerned, well, what if these people that you talk to there are murderers. I said, well, guess what? They've, they've, they've played the long game really, really well then. Um, I don't think any of you are. Uh, but uh, so I said, well, if that happens. Guess what? That's just bad luck on my part. And she said, well, what if something happens to you? And I said, well, guess what? If I drop dead and next year I'll be 61 years old when I'm making this trip. I mean, the actuarial tables say I've probably got a good 15 to 20 years left, but anything could happen. And again, I hope it's not the case because I'd like to actually come home and say, hey, guess what I did on my trip instead of going, where the hell did he disappear to? Um, But I I, I told her, and I've said this on the podcast, I said, well, if something happens, I said, maybe I can make arrangements to have my ashes sprinkled on the ground at GMBHA Stadium. Maybe they could set something like that up. Uh, And if not, and if, if, again, if you uh, recall me badgering the uh, Richmond Tigers um, and their love of Marvel Stadium. Well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sludge on the Tigers here right now. But as I mentioned earlier, I told you I'd come back to it. Essendon hosts Gold Coast during round 22 this year at Marvel. So Dim is coming to coming to Marvel during round 22. Now it's a longer trip for him this time, but it's still that stadium that he absolutely loves coming to visit. So again, if something ha- what if what happened to me during rounds 18 through 20 or 19 through 21, depending upon when I'm there. Well, I'm going to rely on one of you, especially one of you longtime Richmond supporters or Linton, my legendary son supporter there in Melbourne. Uh, maybe you could reach out to, uh, to Dema and see if Dema could sprinkle my ashes at Marvel Stadium. Okay, and you could all tell him about how I was sledging on him about, you know, having to make that long trip from Punt Road. So enough of... Uh, that right there uh, you know i i do want to jump into this discussion with uh ricky nixon again if you've not listened to this one it is that you know even though the first 30 seconds of it are an absolute disaster okay because i screwed up royally at the beginning of it and i'm leaving it in there for you to hear because you, hopefully if, if you've come along to the podcast in the last year or so and you've listened to some of my interviews and my discussions with mick aussie that type of thing you'll hear this one you'll go wow he wasn't very good back then. Um, if you go back and listen to my interviews with Chris Hickey, I was terrible at editing. Okay, he's a relative of, of Reg Hickey. I think it was his uncle, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I was terrible at editing at that point in time. I think it was episodes three and five. Uh, I think I've gotten a little bit better. But I can't thank Ricky Nixon enough for uh, sitting down. Uh, I would love to get him back on the podcast again in the near future. Um, I think he might see yes, and I'm not sure if he's going to listen to this, but I will send him a link. Uh, but I, 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 I cannot thank him enough for being gracious when he sat down to, uh, to chat with me. And again, I've put links to his, uh, podcast, to chicken coop and also his business, uh, the vital health checks. Uh, both those links are in my show notes. So I do hope you enjoy my chat with Ricky Nixon. And go ahead, you can laugh at me at the beginning. But again, this is still, overall, this is the interview that I'm the most proud of. And it's it's partly because of the interview itself, but partly because of what was said afterwards. And it's something I'm never going to forget. And uh, I can't I can't thank him enough. And it's just, it, it's where I thought, you know what, like I said, I think I've arrived. I've got this little niche. Maybe I can carve out this little spot in the footy universe where people will come and, and check out the uh, the podcast. And, and doing these interviews and talking with people about this game that I've fallen in love with could be the way in which I do that. So sit back and uh, relax. This is a f- 
fairly short interview. This introduction is almost as long as the interview itself. So I do hope you enjoy it. And uh, if you would, uh, feel free to share the episode with your friends and family. Uh, they might enjoy this this flashback to one of the early episodes, and they might enjoy the uh, discussion about uh, what's hopefully going to transpire here in the coming months. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 24 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels from Sandusky, Ohio, and I'm thrilled that my guest is able to join us this morning. I'd like to welcome footy legend Ricky Nelson. Excuse me, damn it, I son of a bitch. I'm going to start that over again. That's still... <laughs> Not the, not the first time I've been called Ricky Nelson, but it's about, well, all, but not for about the last twenty years, that's for sure. Oh my god, my god. there's some, a suppressed memory on that one. Yeah, okay, right. ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode twenty-four of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels from Sandusky, Ohio, and I'm thrilled that my guest is able to join us this morning. I'd like to welcome footy legend Ricky Nixon to the podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you joining me this morning, sir. Welcome. Thank you, Craig, and I look forward to it, and hello to everybody around the world. Thank you very much for coming on today. For those of you who are here in the States listening or elsewhere around the world, Mr. Nixon played in over 60 games at the senior level. He had a lengthy stint with the with the Saints, with some time with the Blues and the Hawks on both sides of that. And looking back at your time as a player, and I did a little bit of digging over the last couple of days, you had a couple of four-goal games when you were with the Saints. Would yes, you consider I, um... those... Yeah, sorry, ahead, I, um, yeah, no, I, um, I guess my career was one of those ones that uh, was, wasn't a lot of games by any means, but uh, had had one of the longest careers uh, time-wise, which probably suggests I could play a bit, but I missed about 200 games with injury because I was a skinny 69-kilo person playing against 120-kilo guys in the, in the 80s, whereas the game has changed substantially now where it's more an athletic event. It's probably more suited to the type of uh, body build I had back in the early 80s. I was going to, yeah, watching, watching some of the, the collisions and such that took place back then, I could, I could imagine that had to be something that took much more of a wear and tear on on you than maybe some other people. Well, you're not going to believe this, Craig. You nearly got a phone call six hours ago because an ambulance was called to my house after I dislocated my shoulder for the seventh time by simply reaching out for a pillow on the sofa. Um, and I ended up in hospital again. It's so frustrating that you get these injuries 30 years ago and they come back to bite you when you get into your 50s. And, you know, it's got to the well, stage where I really got to get it pinned or something like that because you can't be just reaching out to grab something and, and it dislocates by three inches. So is this is this where I asked the question then? Are you a Mel Gibson fan? Did you do you like the Lethal Weapon movies? <laughs> oh look, I think I think everyone loved Mel, Mel Gibson back in the day. He, he seemed to have, seems to have disappeared wow. from the horizon very quickly. Yes, um, yes, he I did. Guess yeah, that, do, that does happen a fair bit. But uh, it, look, his his life and his career is, will always remain uh, up there, I suppose. Absolutely. So after your after your playing career came to an end, uh, and you 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 stepped away from the game, you moved on to something that. You know, not a lot of people would would have the courage to do. Quite frankly, you know, doing this for myself. You became a teacher. You became a phys ed teacher. And, yeah, I guess uh, in um, in Australia in the eighties and through every decade, I guess there's there's an occupation that every kid wants to be, and it was always everyone wanted to be a phys ed teacher or sports teacher. It's it is. And um, in the 80s, so being an ambitious bugger that I am, um, I wasn't going to stop until I became one, and and I did. And then as soon as I became one, about Two days later, I realized that when you're teaching kids sport, you're actually not playing it yourself, so it's not that enjoyable. <laughs> well, yeah. So did you do some coaching then while you were there as well? Yeah, effectively, um, it's just teaching kids all the different sports. It's not just Australian rules football. It's everything through to hockey and soccer and right, right. unfortunately not gridiron for some of your listeners, but um, that became more popular in Australia probably in the late 90s. Um, but, yeah, it, it, was, uh, it was a good time in my life and led me to probably the next part of my life. Okay. Yeah. Do, so do you, do you have any really, you know, you re, you realize that you don't get to actually play the games anymore, but uh, do, do you re, did you have any like really good memories, anything you look back at as a, as a teacher uh, where you go, that was, that was a, something that was wonderful. Yeah. Well, I guess with social media these days, but like when I finished teaching in the early nineties, you know, your, your students didn't have access to you, but now with social media, right, you know, right. like, I'm 57 and some of the, kids I taught are actually in their early 50s because I was 21 when I started teaching 18-year-olds. So, you know, it's, it was a bit of a strange situation, but um, 
Uh, I, one kid uh, messaged me the other day and said that he reckons the funniest day of his life was when I um, I was a little bit angry with a group of boys and I, I made them uh, lay down on an oval, um, to, uh, head to toe, right around the oval, and made them roll across the ground to mop up all the rain that had fallen overnight so that when the main, <laughs> footy, when the main footy team played later that day, they had a dry oval. <laughs> wow. I'm, I mean, it was pretty I'm, funny. I'm, I'm wondering. Is that is that one of those days where you got a phone call from a parent asking yeah, why you did that? I <laughs> no, I actually had the principal of the school or headmaster, whatever you call them over there. He actually uh, called me to the office and he said, um, "I've had a couple of parents ring complaining about how wet their kids are when they got home from school." And I told yeah, him what yeah. happened, and he, he just cracked up laughing. It was pretty funny. I, I, I could imagine it would have been <laughs> yeah, yeah in in the day of the in the day of the cell phone in every kid's hand, there would have been a lot more phone calls. I'm sure. Plus, oh, plus video of it, yeah, yeah. Plus the yeah, video absolutely. of it. So, yeah. So after, right, yeah. after, yeah. So you were teaching while you were playing then as well. So you were kind of doing both at the same time. Yeah, careers in sport in okay. Australia back then were semi-professional, I suppose you'd say. Where you were earning okay. probably the equivalent of what I earn in teaching about probably thirty-five thousand um, dollars. I was earning probably similar in football, but you, you actually worked till say four o'clock in the afternoon and then you went to training. These days it's fully professional. So and and look right, at his right. casting a problem with sport all around the world that a lot of young sportsmen and women, you know, they start their careers at eighteen and if it's over at twenty two, twenty three, they haven't done a university degree. They haven't done an apprenticeship in some sort of trade, etc. And it's creating all sorts of problems. And um with what's happening around the world with this coronavirus, etc., it's gonna take us back to the old days a bit where people are going to have to work and and do sports, so it might be a good thing. Yeah, I I actually saw a, a discussion or an interview that Scott Pendlebury had done recently, kind of making that same argument about raising the the draft age to allow kids to get a year's worth of like vocational training to learn a skill before they went into footy in case footy didn't work out for them. Oh, absolutely! I'm absolutely adamant that they've got the draft age wrong. I've said it for probably best part of twenty years that it it should be twenty, maybe twenty one, but not eighteen. Because you, when you draft someone at eighteen, they they can be fourteen if that makes sense. They can be eighteen and they can be twenty six in maturation sense. But mm -hmm, you, right. you're drafting boys, and you don't know what you're going to get a few years later. And whereas if you draft someone who's twenty or twenty one, you're getting a more fully rounded person they're they're more mature physically and they're way more mature mentally and education wise and uh the afl really needs to wake up to itself okay yeah that's that was a compelling argument there that that, that you made and that, that he was making as well now you, you you when you finished up teaching you moved and you finished up playing you moved on to starting your own agency in terms of representing yeah. the players now, now were you the first to do this or was this a were you no, someone that become actually, very, very good at it? There was, yeah, it was probably this the second part of it. Um, there was, I definitely wasn't the first. There was some lawyers and accountants doing. I suppose what you'd say was basically just negotiation of contracts. But I was lucky enough that the AFL got wind of what I was up to, and they they had a meeting with me, and I didn't know what it was going to be about, and I, I thought it was going to be about trying to take me on, but they said no. We think that agents are going to become a big part of the game, and we think the fact you've played the game. Um, we'd like to see you, you know, I guess, work with us towards getting a better situation for the players. So they sent me to the US. They set me up with meetings with um, the NFL over there, the, the um, basketball, the baseball. And okay. it was the greatest, greatest week of my life. And I, I actually met Michael Jordan at a basketball game. And, you know, that actually in my head went, I went, wow, we need a Michael Jordan in Australia. And whether I was lucky or it was good timing or whatever, I came back to Australia and a year later I met a kid called Wayne Carey and Wayne Carey became the Michael Jordan of Australia, the greatest player of all time. And not far behind him was another guy, Gary Ablett, who also signed with me. So I was just in the right spot at the right time, but probably, yeah, did come up with some pretty good innovative marketing type concepts. One was Club 10. In America, I saw a thing called the Quarterback Club and the quarterback club was the 10 best quarterbacks all in a group. And they, they used it to market to companies because then you had the appeal of not just one player and one team. You had 10 teams and 10 players. So I copied it right, right. and created Club 10. And that, that put me on the map for, for football history, I suppose. Now, were, were all of the members of your Club 10, were they all people that you represented? 
They pretty much 90, 95% of them were, but I think there was only okay. two that weren't, but the two that okay. weren't, I actually were teammates of mine, um, you know, in the years prior to that. So I had a major direct connection to all of them. One was actually one of my best mates growing up, Greg Williams, who won a couple of Brownlow medals and, and premierships over here, a very famous player and probably in the 10 best players of all time. Okay. Um, yeah, some of the other things, and I, I've heard you talk about these in other in other podcasts as well. You talked about how you had uh, you helped with people being able to actually get paid for their likeness and for autographs and things of that nature, which were you know, which is something that the league seemed to have a monopoly on for quite some time. Yeah, what people play like I played through the eighties, early nineties, and I didn't even realize that. On the registration form that a player signs each year in most sports around the world at that time, had a little paragraph down the bottom that you could hardly read, and it said something like this: um, "You hereby assign your intellectual property, which means your image, your likeness, all that sort of thing, over to the AFL um, for no payment or no return." And I and I and I guess players didn't really think much of that or what it meant. But when I started to market players, people started to realise: "Hang on a minute." Um, why am I giving the AFL all the money? I should be getting something back myself. And I took them to court. Um, they settled on the steps of the court. real, And they were good about it, in all honesty. So they changed it to if you were in a group of three or more, that meant you were in a team photo, that the money should go to the AFL. And I agreed with that. But if it was a picture of Wayne Carey on his own um, marketing something, he should get 80% of that. The AFL should get 20% because you're using their intellectual property in respect to a football jumper. And that changed the course of sport forever in Australia because every other sport copied. And to this day, every professional athlete in Australia should be thankful that we went to court. And it, and this, this helped to, this helped to uh, allow some of these, these players, whether they be players that are in club 10 your club 10 or even if you're you're a middle of the road player it helped them to to gain a lot more revenue for themselves oh absolutely that had to be be tremendous every other agent benefited from it because um you know they didn't take the afl to court and i remember my wife was absolutely petrified that we were going to lose our house and everything over it and we could have i suppose but at the end of the day she said to go for it and we did and um, the rest is history. Well, yeah, that's uh, that, that's, and that that is you know that's something that you know that I, I don't know if the younger the younger players growing up in the league that realize that that you in many cases are responsible for them gaining that revenue. So I hope you get a lot of Christmas cards every year. <laughs> it's funny you should say that. I, I won't name the player, but a very, very prominent current player actually pulled me up in the street probably about six months ago and brought up this exact story because he heard it on the radio. And he said, so what you did changed sport forever. And I like it's, I don't want to sound egotistical on here or something, but, you know, as I said, I was just probably in the right place at the right time. And he said, every player should be thanking you. And I said, well, I don't get too many Christmas cards each year, but, you know, it's <laughs> I guess, you know, those sort of things. I'm not the only person to change the course of sport or history. And, you know, I just think it's good for everyone. We Everyone won out of it. The players, the AFL won out of it. Um, because what it allowed me to do was promote the AFL nationally. Um, and so we, it worked for both parties. And, you know, it was right, a really great right. thing. And um, the guy who was the CEO of the AFL at the time, Ross Oakley, he actually has a coffee every second day with me in a cafe down below my place. And we joke about it now. How he used to take me on and everything else. And I used to say, I used to run your competition. And it was very funny. Now, I, I read a, uh, I read an article. Um, I think it came out about two weeks ago where you were, you were commenting about how, you know, with the advances that you made as an agent and helping get, you know, the, the top end players or like Wayne Carey earning, you know, a million dollars a year that they were this past season, there were only nine players that were earning that. And you, you argued that the players that are at the top end, the the Fife's, the Dangerfields, the Martins, should be earning triple that. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, what, and, what's happened is in the game, the middle range players are getting probably double, triple what they should be getting. But um, you know, and I don't want to focus too much on on what's happening in the world at the moment. But this will change things back to probably what it should be that um, the mid range players aren't going to get. You know, well, they're going to get what they should get 
which is probably more around the 150 to 250 mark, but not 400 to 500 grand. That money should be going to the top players who are, let's face it, the Dustin Martins, the Dangerfields, the Fives, you know, the Buddy Franklins. They're the people, who, players who drag people through the gate. I also appreciate that people go to watch their team play, but there needs to be a proper balance and there isn't a proper balance at the moment. Do you, do you think that that's something that the that the players association will push back against? I, and I I don't know the 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 players association stance on a lot of things, but I, I'm, I you are an expert as far as I'm concerned on this. That you might have some insight on this. I think the problem is is that the whole competition and the, the whether it's the players association etc. become so big and and so powerful and so rich. It's all changed overnight. And I think it's going to bring back a bit of sensibility. There's probably too too many people with too much to say. Now, that's going to upset some people if they hear what I've got to say. But guess what? It's a bit of hard-nosed truth that, you know, too many voices having too much say ends up in disaster. And, you know, let's get back to some reality. Okay. Okay. Now, you've, you know, and I, I have to admit, I I became a fan about four and a half years ago. And I I the person that helped me become a, a supporter, I, I chose to be a cat supporter. And I, the person, yeah, the person that I, well, the person I chose to, you know, that kind of pushed me over the edge, I haven't seen in a game since 2018. So, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Nakaya Cockatoo, he, you know, he's, oh, uh, yes. he's, he's, look, he's, he's, he's had a tough time staying healthy. Yeah. Well, look, I, I, I was persuaded. In, Ge- Geelong could have won three out of the last five flags if they'd had a couple of the young players who are gun players on the ground, and he's one of them. Um, yeah. But, you know, every club has a story like that. But you look at Richmond no. and, and good luck to them. They are the no. best team in the competition, but they've had hardly any injuries to their top players at all. Yeah, they. Yeah, I, and of course, I, I, th- I look at back at it and I think to myself, if Tom Hawkins had just kept his elbows to himself yeah, last year, that's right. things might have been different. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, see, so you, you, you had this great agency. You moved on to another another career avenue and you started up something that is – totally different with the creation of your uh, your vital health checks. And when yeah, did that the, get started? What it was, was I was um, actually dealing with my own situation with my just dislocated shoulder and, and talking to a lot of players. Um, and, and the AFL actually were talking to me about um, there's just over 5,000 players in Australia alive that have played one game or more and that I managed 1,200 of them. So that's a, a very wow. big percentage of the players. And um, I just felt that my future going forward was I wanted to still be involved with them, but not in a management sense, but perhaps looking after their futures because some of them are in a lot of pain. And I mean that in inverted commas. That pain could be um, from injuries. It could be financial hardship. It can be, you know, mental health is a major, major, you know, problem around the world. So I thought I'd start a medical clinic for these players. And um, over here, one of the, Biggest businessman and most successful businessman is a guy called Jerry Ryan who owns Jayco Caravans. And Jerry rang me one day to talk about something, said, what was I doing? And I said, I was going to open this medical center. And I don't know why I said it to this day. And I said, what if we convert one of your camper vans into a mobile health studio, go to businesses, pull up out the front, people come out, get a health check and a mental health check and skin checks. He's gone, wow, that's a great idea. And it's just snowballed from there. And then when we got to March this year, and every business around the world has been shut down. Of course, that shut down the health checks, but what it did was everybody wanted flu vaccinations and corona mm-hmm. testing and things like that. So you know, my mornings are starting at 3.30 in the morning and finishing at midnight sometimes at the moment because, um, you know, it's all about the health of everybody. And you now I'm working on a major project at the moment that's going to – I won't say exactly what it is because I'll get some people trying to copy, but it involves bringing sport together to make the health of the world a lot better um, where your oh, kids terrific. – where your kids can come along to sporting clinics and your parents can get health checks while they're there. So what it does is it eliminates this where, as men, we always say, and I'm sure a lot of people listening to this do the same, oh, yeah, I'm going to get a health check. I'll go to the doctor next week. I'll go, yeah, yeah, I haven't had time this week. I've been too busy. Well, guess what? If we come to you and we're there and it's not costing you anything, you've got no No excuses. No excuses. And, you know, I think it will change the face of uh, a lot of people. That's terrific, and I, I I remember first looking at your the website for your organization uh, sometime last year because you did an interview with uh, a gentleman by the name of Brian Copic, who I'm friends with online, and you had mentioned it. And I, I think that since then you've added this, uh, and I could be wrong on this, but you added this game changer life education program. 
I don't remember seeing that. Yeah. The, the no, most that's recent. A, that's part of what I uh, was introducing in March. Okay. But it, it'll probably come more to the fore that uh, in the next couple of months. Obviously, when people okay. start to go back to work, game changer. What it's about is, I'm a big believer that a lot of the people delivering mental health programs are just too negative. They talk about suicide. They talk about every problem in the world and everything else. My program is all about smiling, happiness, how to get yourself back up and going again. It's about life experiences. Like I'll give people a good example right now. Last year in October, my best mate suicided and so did two other mates in the same week. Three friends in one week suicided. Now I ended up in hospital myself because I did my head in that I should have done more for them. But I learned a valuable lesson out of it is sometimes if you try to stop someone doing something, they'll just do it the next day anyway. And what you, what I started to do was get up in the mornings and go for a walk. And that turned into a slight run and that turned into listening to music and that turned into me getting happy. And I realized why it was, and the doctors agree with me, is if you go back to what you did between the ages of about 11 and 12 up to about 17, that's the happiest time of your life. Your body's used to it, whatever you used to do. So what I was doing, an accident, and I didn't realize I was doing, I used to do a paper round in country Victoria, Bendio, and I used to get up at 4.30 every morning. My body's used to getting up at that time. I used to listen to music. I used to be happy. So I started doing it again at 56 years of age, and guess what? I've never felt better, healthier, and fitter. And when I talk to people like that in common sense way with life experience, they go, hey, you're right, Ricky. I might do that and then go and reconnect with the guys you went to school with. Then go and reconnect with the people you played junior footy with. And guess what? You get happy. And we don't That's, need to talk about suicide and negativity. We need to talk about happiness. That That, that is I, – I'm – I, I almost want to end, the, end this podcast right now and go take a walk myself because I, I, <laughs> I'm thinking, oh. you know, I kind of feel the same way as, you know, some, some of the people you're probably talking about there. That that is a great approach, and I'm I'm glad you mentioned that. That is yeah. Well, even yesterday, I was I had to go to my old hometown to do flu vaccinations with people, but I deliberately drove past three things that changed my life. One was a massive hill I used to run up as a teenager to get fit to play AFL. I went past the old footy ground where I grew up as a kid, where we used to eat meat pies and wag school and go down and kick goals every day. And you know, I drove mm -hmm. back to Melbourne just happy and smiling all the way back with happy memories in my head. And mm -hmm. you know, we've got to get over this negativity and start thinking about happiness and get back to what yes, this world I, used to be. I think this is wonderful. Yeah. And I you know and I listened to a podcast that you had done recently where you had uh you'd said that uh you'd said that um true friends tell you the truth. And I thought that was a really thought-provoking statement that, and as you've mentioned that, you know, you need to reconnect with your friends. You need to reach out to people. You know, it's, you, you, you know, and it's, this is a great time to do it, even if it's only through social media. Because, well, even you know, my, 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 my family are very, um, we're not close, but when I say that, we've never had an argument in our life. It's just that we've all dissipated all around Australia. And so we don't live in the same town anymore. So we catch up every second Christmas, things like that. We started a Facebook messenger group chat. And it's like, it's just changed our lives because we're reconnecting, reconnecting to, and we're talking about, remember when, when you were in grade six and we used to eat Sunny Boys and we used to do this <laughs> and we used to do that. And it's like, you just start getting happy again. And since I started preaching this to people every day about just reconnecting to things that you used to do, riding billy carts down hills and all that, people are getting way happier. That I, I'm, uh, yeah, that is, I, I thought that was a great quote because I, I have one hanging up in my classroom. I've got over 400 quotes hanging in my classroom and I have one that has a, it's in red ink and it's the only one that's in a different color. And it's an Oscar Wilde quote. That it's a lot like what you said, where it said, true friends stab you in the front. Yeah. Were there, well, it's a great, there... yeah, that's a great quote. And, and uh, I, I actually uh, came up with a good one the other day myself. And that is that, um, why do I go for a run every morning? So my day doesn't run me. And people said, wow, wow. that's true. That's because m most of us wake up in the morning and, ha and think, oh, no, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. But if you actually get up and the first thing you do is get the brain ticking over and the blood flowing, that'll change the way you think of it. That's a, that's a great point, yeah. That is, that is wonderful. Now, I, I wanted to – I had one other thing I wanted to ask you, and I and feel free to not answer this because I don't know, I don't know where this answer is going to head, but – how did you get the nickname Chicken? 
<laughs> well, it's actually um, it is a, a, a question I get asked a lot because I'm one of those people who I gets get called my nickname more than I get called my real name. Even my kids go, "Hey, chicken, what are you up to?" I go, "It's hey, not chicken, some, it's some, dad." <laughs> some people and, call um, you Ricky Nelson. <laughs> yeah, well, true. Yeah, some people. <laughs> You know they don't, they haven't done their research enough, and he's dead though. No, I, just, so. I couldn't read my own. I couldn't read my own screen. <laughs> <laughs> no, the um, answer is is that <laughs> quite a funny one. But when I was uh, an eighteen year old playing at Carlton Football Club uh, after training on a Sunday morning, uh, the ruckman there who's a big character, Wow Jones, he said, uh, "Let's all get a hamburger with a lot." So he ordered forty hamburgers, and um, he came back with them, put them on the table, and everyone started eating them. And I started eating mine with a knife and fork, and he's gone. What the hell are you doing? I said, I'm eating my hamburger. He said, no one eats a hamburger with a knife and fork. I said, I do because my mouth's so small. And he's going, ah, chicken lips. So he called me chicken lips. And then about a week later, the lips part of it got dropped, uh, just the chicken. So everyone thinks it has to do with the chicken, which it sort of does, but it, but it's not, if you know what I mean. So, um, so yeah, but that's where, would, the, where the famous name would, came from. Would you, have, would you have preferred the nickname to have the chicken part drop and have it be lips instead? Would that have been better? Well, it's funny. Probably back the first the first ten years, it was like I didn't like it because I felt it related yeah. to a chicken. Now, now I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It does, doesn't. Everyone just says chicken, but they don't mean it as a chicken. I suppose it's just the name. You know. It's, yeah. It goes, and, yeah. And probably a lot of people don't know the the, the background on that either. But that's a. That's a great. Well, not too, too many people speak at a luncheon, and the prime minister comes up and says, "Chicken, that was one of the best speeches I've ever heard." <laughs> and, I've got, and I started laughing. I said, no, "Come on, why do you go?" You go oh, the bloke next to me told me to call you Chicken. Thought it'd be funny. So uh, yeah, it's one of those <laughs> names that stuck. Okay, good deal. Well, sir, I I want to thank you for uh, for coming on. I, I appreciate you taking time out of your day, um, ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to thank. Uh, my guest, Ricky Nixon, for coming on this morning and sitting down to talk with me. I'm thrilled that you've you've taken this out you've taken this time out of your busy day to, to come and sit down with me. I appreciate it. I hope you've enjoyed this. I've had a blast. I've oh, thanks, I've Craig. It's been great. I've learned a lot from you. It's um, so good to speak to someone, uh, I guess, from a, a different part of the world and you you ask different questions too. I, I do a lot of interviews and you get asked the same things over and over again, but this has been quite unique and I've enjoyed it and I well, wish everyone the best and and I'm if I can to leave do, you all with one, new one yeah. oh, sorry, I was gonna say if I can leave everyone with one thing, reconnect. Reconnect with your happy days and get out there today and do a few things or think about a few things that used to make you happy. All right. Well thank you very much, sir. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed that uh, look back at episode 24 of the podcast. Again, Mr. Nixon, I appreciate your kindness over the last couple of years. It's been absolutely uh, wonderful. I do truly appreciate it. Remember, folks, you can find everything related to my podcast over at yankonthefooty.com. Uh, you want to leave a review there, that would be awesome. You want to help out the podcast, there's that Buy Me a Coffee button there as well. You can leave a voicemail. I do hope you'll get on the mailing list so when new episodes do come out, I can get those in your inbox uh, as soon as possible. Remember, you can reach me at yankonthefoot at gmail.com or at yank underscore on on Twitter. Folks, this has been a special re-release of episode 24 of the podcast. Thanks for listening. I do hope you'll share this with your friends and family, as I mentioned previously. And as always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later.